Welcome to Cookieless. I'm your host, Jacob Kelly. This is the podcast where we help you prepare for a cookieless world by sitting down and speaking with marketing and data leaders to understand how they're navigating the shift to a world without cookies. This podcast is powered by Surf, the all-in-one data and rewards platform for businesses. Surf empowers you to effortlessly collect valuable first-party data, extract key insights, and reward users all while spending less than you are right now. Want to learn more? You can book a free no-commitment exploratory call at the link down below. And now, on to today's interview. Gabriella, I was wondering to start if you could tell me about AlphaSites. Sure. Um, so AlphaSites was created in 2008. It's now a sort of um, scale-up or medium-sized business. And it operates in what's commonly known as the expert network industry, which is essentially part of business intelligence. And what AlphaSites does is it finds individuals who are deep industry experts, so experts in um, either a company or, or an industry like oil and gas, and it connects those individuals who have huge amounts of experience and tacit knowledge with um, professional investors or management consultants who, who are consultants who are looking to get smart about that industry. So it's really pairing up those individuals so that they can have a value additive knowledge exchange. And what's the process for finding experts? Yeah, good question. Um, so AlphaSites employs primarily a human-driven process for finding those experts. So what that means is when we get a brief from a client, We'll have a um, smart individual, uh, you know, a junior on our client service team who unpacks that brief, thinks about what's the value chain um, for that industry, for that company, what are all the different angles that this individual really needs to learn about. And then they will go and look through our database, see if there are any experts who they can recommend quickly, and, and they will recommend those. And then once they've done that, they will then spend multiple hours or days um, hand searching for new experts to fill that brief. So it's it's a technology-enabled process because we use technology to structure our database and um, capture you know um, dozens and dozens of data variables about the experts. Um, but for every single breach, uh, uh, for every single brief, sorry, there's always um, sort of custom sourcing in custom selection of additional experts. Uh, and we do this to make sure that people are really getting the the freshest experts on the market at that given point in time and experts that are hand-selected for for their brief. And when is the time for someone to come in and use an expert network? Like what I'm kind of getting at is now as you move towards a world without cookies, like it's becoming even more important to work with expert networks. So I'm curious, like when do people tend to come on and start using AlphaSites for the first time? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it depends a lot on um, the the company and kind of like the operational processes of our our client or, or that client's company. So let, let me give an example. Our, one of our um, main types of users are um, individuals who work at private equity funds or at management consultancies supporting private equity funds during the due diligence process. So what happens is due diligence processes are fairly structured, right? And they're quite repetitive. Every time that someone in private equity wants to has has a company they think they want to take a position in, they're going to do either 
a light, medium, or heavy amount of research on that company in that industry. And they'll often engage a management consultant to help them. So at those moments in time, whether it's light, medium, or heavy amounts of research, they will always, always, without fail, call an expert network. Why? Because they've read all the uh, codified data out there, right? They've read all the reports, but guess what? So have all of their competitors. So they're not getting an angle. They're not getting like a unique insight by just reading that stuff. And what they're looking for is to sharpen their investment thesis or their angle so they can really find the diamond in the rough. Um, you know, that company that's really worthwhile purchasing that nobody else has thought of, or that they can find a way to um, drive accelerated growth in that company in a way that maybe some of their competitors haven't thought of, right? So the the trigger is extremely predictable and repeatable. It's these due diligence processes. Um, but the the underlying motivation is we want to come up with an angle or an insight which is unique to us and therefore are fiercely competitive and therefore something that our competitors, you know, w- wouldn't have been able to do, right? And that that mindset of we want to do something um, unique, we want to be smarter than the competition. I mean, I just gave you a private equity and consulting example, but that could apply to someone who works in a large corporate. It could apply to you. It could apply to uh, someone working at a law firm. You know, the the opportunities are endless. And when they come work with an expert network, it's primarily in two ways, right? It's through one-on-one calls and also through surveys? Not exactly. Um, so actually, um, one-on-one calls is what expert networks are best known for. It's definitely the the product that, that people use the most. Um, but over time, alpha sites and many other expert networks have broadened their suite of services. And so we now offer um, calls, surveys, um, we offer sort of longer term partnership between the expert and the client. So that could be a couple of workshops or it could be many weeks of sort of consultancy advisory. Um, we offer site visits um, and then we offer a whole bunch of sort of um, synthesized content. So reports that people can read that that could be a piece of bespoke analysis done for that client by an expert. It could be just a transcription of multiple conversations between people and experts on a topic. It could be summaries of the transcriptions of those conversations, right? So you've got variations on the product, but but essentially it's it's written, um, structured, uh, summarized content, which people can then read through really quickly and digest huge volumes of it much faster than than perhaps you know actually speaking on the phone with someone. Um, it's it's kind of there, there are two things. People are either looking for huge volumes of information and then they prefer the written format or the survey format, or they're looking for something bespoke and in-depth, in which case they want to control the questions. They want to be the person on the phone. And and that's when they tend to go for a one-on-one conversation. I want to dig in more on that one-on-one conversation. What is the best way to structure your questions that you've seen in order to get the right answers you're looking for? Mm, yeah. So... Um, I can answer that from both what I've learned at Alpha Sites and then having been in consulting for 14 years. I'd say, and and I used expert networks, right? I, I was a consultant um, asking the questions as well. You, I'd say the, the rule of thumb is that you want to go from broad to narrow. So you start with sort of the, you know, the 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 really big, the, the biggest picture questions you have, and then you get more, more and more and more specific. Um, 
So, so that's kind of one rule of thumb. Then you also want to try to ask open-ended questions as opposed to yes-no questions. Um, and then when you get to sort of the more specific questions, one of the things, you know, the narrow ones towards the end of the conversation, one of the things that we often find is that people like to ask for facts and not opinions. Um, so that plays a big part in how people phrase the question and often how they'll ask follow-up questions to the experts. So for example, they won't necessarily say, you know, what is the the what is in your opinion the best CRM tool out there? The question will be something more like, which CRM tool do you use? Okay, why did you pick that CRM tool? Which others did you evaluate? So getting very precise and much more focused on behavior and decision criteria and facts, um, as opposed to opinion. So the, those are kind of the some of the general patterns that um, that I've observed. Now at Alpha Sites, um, often it's the client who writes which questions they want to ask the expert, and our team will advise them on how to um, phrase the questions so they get the most out of them. But but really, it's it's often the you know the consultant, the hedge fund manager, the private equity um, analyst who's who's writing those questions, asking those questions on the phone. Okay, interesting. And I think that for me, it's it's so interesting when I'm working with an expert network now, because instead of running a bunch of tests through paid ads or something, you can just go directly to the source and get the answers you're looking for, as opposed to running a bunch of tests through Facebook ads to see what people will respond to the most. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, depending on your audience, it's a far more efficient way, um, both in terms of time and money to to do that A-B testing that you're describing. Can you tell me about how Alpha Sites approaches marketing? Because I know we had a call beforehand and you said a lot of it's not necessarily like Facebook ads driven or anything like that for acquiring new customers and clients. So, which to me says that you're already set up to thrive in a cookie-less future because you're not necessarily relying on third-party cookies at all to do your marketing right now. So what does the Alpha Sites marketing engine look like today? You're absolutely right. We are not that afraid of a cookie-less world because we don't really rely on um, that that kind of data in order to um, acquire customers. Um, so at Alpha Sites, our marketing engine is set up to target three different audiences, clients and prospective clients, experts, and then talent. Um, so Alpha Sites is a huge graduate employer. So a lot of our marketing efforts are focused on the um, sort of uh, university graduate population. And um, when it comes to client marketing, well, it, for all three, we, we've tested and learned and we have concluded that actually a much more traditional approach to marketing is what works best. It's most time effective, cost effective, and it also yields the best uh, sort of um, experience for the user and um, positions us better as a, as a brand. And I can go into it by audience, but so starting with clients, what that means is that we have like a very robust sort of account-based marketing or CRM marketing um, engine in place. And we we gather a lot of data about our clients, about what they're interested in, about triggers that we can pick up on indicating that they um, they may be open to a conversation where we can be value additive. And, and then as soon as somebody hits one of those triggers, we send them a hyper-tailored email. So from... And, and the email comes from their account manager, so it doesn't feel like marketing. And, and these are emails that look super simple. They look like plain text emails. They don't look like marketing, right? Um, and that's actually what proves to be most effective and and just delivers a much better 
experience for that client because what they want is for their relationship manager to utilize the data which they have voluntarily given to that person, which they have voluntarily given to alpha sites, um, to use that data to reach out to them at the right moment in time with the right content, with tailored relevant content, right? That's actually what the client wants. And when we give them that, they're very happy to share heaps of data with us, right? Whether it's about their preferences, what they're working on, short-term, long-term, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so um, we don't, we actually don't have a data scarcity issue at all, so long as we respect our part of the bargain, which is serving them up these, these um, very relevant value additive emails. Um, then on the experts and, um, and on side, it's, it's similar insofar that what we're trying to do is recruit experts for a given brief. So we do a lot of sort of one-to-one uh, LinkedIn in-mailing or sometimes email, um, you know, contact cold to, to experts, but always with a brief so that they understand why they're being reached out to. And generally, if, if the experts aren't aware of us, that's when they'll then go to our website, our social platforms, they'll look for thought leadership, they'll look for cues that reassure them that we're a, you know, a trustworthy company. But we haven't found that doing, you know, ads and things like that is is worth it. You know, the return on investment is just not there because what the, all those ads would do would, would be to increase awareness and consideration, but actually our other own digital properties can do that in a in a sort of more reactive way once the expert comes to check us out. Um, and we know that that works because actually when we monitor traffic to our website, experts are the biggest audience um, coming to our website to learn about us. Um, and then the the third area, so candidates, we did experience with um, a lot of performance marketing and and some you know trying to use third party cookie data and things like that to understand those audiences better. It didn't really work for us. We ended up spending a lot of time and money and and getting an an increase in the volume of applications, but we had more spammy applications, basically. We had lots of people applying to roles that they didn't really understand for a company they didn't really know. And that wasn't good for the candidates and it wasn't good for us, right? It actually can really clog up your um, talent acquisition team to sift through you know, thousands of CVs for that are not relevant. So we stopped doing that and we went for a much more targeted um, sort of on-campus approach. Um, and a lot of um, building up our, our talent CRM with um, people in their second and third year of university, nurturing them through to graduation, and then and then offering, you know, asking them to apply. But at that point in time, they spent two years getting to know us, receiving our newsletters, things like that. So it's a much more traditional approach, um, much more one to one approach, um, all about tailored content, and and that's that's what we've learned uh, actually works the best for us. Sometimes it's those things that don't scale that do scale. You know what I mean? Where it's like the one-to-one -one thing is actually the most effective thing you could be doing. And so what are some of the ways, and you may have mentioned this a little bit, but like to dig into it a little bit more, that you're able to deliver that super targeted content? Because I think that is the key is like this personalized targeted content to each individual one-to-one. -one. Yeah. So the to deliver this super tailored content, you need um, data. You like, re And the, the deeper the data or the richer the data, the better. You definitely need, you know, a good uh, CRM and marketing automation tool. We, we use HubSpot at Alpha Sites. It works really well for us. Um, 
And then you need um, a, a team who's writing that content. So at AlphaSites, we call the demand generation team. They're, they're the team that run these campaigns um, that is really fired up about delivering tailored content and working with the um, client-facing teams to make sure that they understand how to do that, either parting up with the commercial-facing teams who sometimes pen that content themselves or just knowing the clients well enough, you know, to have that context so that the demand generation team can write those emails themselves. So so that's sort of in my view, the three things that are that are needed to deliver that that tailored content. And uh it it took us, you know, um four years at Alpha Sites to develop all three pillars, right? Uh, initially we had a great team, super fired up, but no data, um, and no tools. And then we brought in the tools. And then we still didn't have data, right? So it, it, it you know, you, it, it is an exercise in um, uh, you have to be like really persistent and and, and build up all three pillars. Um, yeah. And why do you think it's those plain text emails that work so well for you? Because they just don't feel like marketing. They don't feel spammy, right? It feels like your account manager reaching out to you and saying, "Hey, you know, I I, I noticed that." This is what, you know, this is something you might be interested in, or here's a piece of content that might add value to your day, right? It's so so it feels like me getting a an email from from Jacob, right? From the who who's already helped me in the past, who I have a relationship with, who in the past has proven to me that he knows my needs and can really help. Um, and that's what gets me to open the email, to actually read it, and then sometimes respond. Right. Whereas when it when it comes from a generic email address or and it's HTML and it looks very fancy and I can tell it's a, you know, was sent to tens of people. I, I just think a lot of individuals are really turned off by that. Right. It depends on the context. Right. And, and obviously what you're trying to, to sell. And we when we do you do newsletters and for newsletters, it works very well, that format, but not for sort of um, uh, reactivation, which is really what what our demand gen team is uh, extremely good at and, and which drives a lot of uh, revenue impact. And earlier you mentioned how the way you approach marketing positions alpha sites really well. Why do you think that is? Because it makes us look humble and really focused on the client experience and client service. Um, and I think that and and it also makes it look like we're we're smart. You know, we 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 pay attention to the details to what our clients are doing with their time, what they're investing in, what they're researching. And those are all cues which I think our clients really respect and, and value, right? They they like to work with someone who's going to make them look good. They like to work with a brand. We're in business intelligence, right? They they don't want to work with a flashy brand. They want to work with a humble brand that makes them look great and makes them look like the superstar. And if they want to work with that humble brand, where is the best way to get in touch with you guys? That our website, yeah, great way to get in touch, just um, alphasites.com. Awesome. And if anyone wants to connect with you, is there a place they can do that? Yeah, LinkedIn is a great place to connect. Awesome. I'll make sure all that's linked in the show notes down below, Gabriella. I just want to thank you so much for taking time to come on the podcast today. Well, it was great being here. Thank you.